and welcome to Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Holly, the editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode, you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen to. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you absolutely can. We would love to hear your answers. So head over to healthwellbeing.com to download the questions today. Right now though, for episode four, We're about to join author and nutritionist Dale Pinnock as he steps out of his front door in the East Anglian countryside in November 2021. Just a note before we start, Dale does use some colourful language, so if you have little ears nearby, you might want to pop in your headphones or skip this episode. Right, so... What gets you out on a walk... Um, I've, I've always liked walking. I've always, I've always kind of preferred the, the lower intensity exercise, to be honest, rather than crazy cardio um, and hit training and all that sort of mad stuff that's great when you're in your twenties. <laughs> um, so, and I've always, I've always walked. I mean, when I, when I used to live in London, I didn't have a car. Um, I actually left my, my car in Cambridgeshire when I lived in London. I just used to walk everywhere. And then during the lockdowns I really kind of rediscovered it and it was a good way to kind of obviously get outside get some headspace um, and some me time and that's kind of what it represents for me now obviously carried it on since uh, since the lockdowns ended it's that time where I can just have time for myself I aim to do anywhere between 12 to 15k most days I mean certainly Monday to Friday unless I've got something really important in the diary I always make that priority and I usually get out at about about 10 to 7 every single morning um, get out there and, and and do the walk it usually takes me takes me about three hours I'm quite lucky I've got some uh, wonderful walkways where I am here and it's it's very picturesque I'm just walking through a little woodland out to a park and there's some people walking towards me so I'm going to stop talking for a second on it there we go so yeah that's uh, that's why I like to just go on a walk where's your dream walk my dream walk would be I would say probably the Lake District. I've never actually been. It's always been on my on my list of somewhere to go. Um, and all the all the pictures that I've seen, it looks it looks absolutely stunning. Um, some of the some of the best walks that I've done. I mean, I I lived in Japan for a while, and uh, in in an area called Fukuoka, which is the largest city on Kyushu, which is the southern island, and. There was a beautiful mountain walk, like just walking through forests in the mountains and now and again you come across like 
seriously old Buddha statues or really, really old Shinto shrines and little little things that had been that have got religious significance that had been placed there centuries ago and just the scenery as well because obviously in in japan there's so many of these uh, beautiful varieties of maple and during the autumn months they, you get the most intense reds and um, you know beautiful deep oranges it really is quite a stunning place What does switching off look like to you? Um, I have to admit, I'm quite, I'm quite strict with stuff like that. Um, when I've had busy times, I will have times where I will just switch everything off and I categorically, 100% refuse to do anything that anyone asks me to do. I refuse to answer an email, answer a phone call. I will absolutely detach myself because um, otherwise I'll go insane. This is this is obviously one of the 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 unfortunate. Well, I don't know if it's unfortunate, but one of the inevitable outcomes when you start to gain real momentum in your career is that things start to get crazy, and, and you know everyone wants a moment of your time. Everyone wants something from you, and if you don't put very strict boundaries in place then you can reach burnout and overwhelm very very quickly which has happened to me several times so now I, I mean generally I don't do anything at the weekends um, unless unless it's like seriously important like you know if it's appearance on Saturday kitchen or something like that then I'll do that um, but other than that I just use the weekend as, as downtime and any, any work-related emails, they'll get answered on Monday morning. And also, that's another interesting thing with my emails. I check my email twice a day. They get checked at 9am and they get checked at 3pm. If you email me after 3pm, you're getting dealt with 9 o'clock tomorrow. That's it. And if it's 3pm on a Friday, you wait until Monday. And it, I, I don't care if the sky is falling. I, you know, I know that sounds a little bit harsh, but... With things like email, I mean that's 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 one of the the worst things that can happen to productivity. Because if you if you're constantly on email and constantly replying to things, you're building your entire day around other people's needs and demands, and your own kind of goals and objectives can go out the window. So I've been strict with that for a while. Got Tim Ferriss to thank for that, <laughs> right? So yeah, that's what switching off means for me is actually ensuring that, the, that there is time where I'm completely detached from anything resembling work. Um, who's really nailing their well-being in your life? Um, that's, a really, that's a really tough question because I guess it depends what your criteria for nailing it actually means because every single person has challenges. I mean, I'm incredibly strict with my own well-being. I mean, like I say, five days a week, I'll be out here uh, doing my walks. I will also do um, resistance work in the gym at least three days a week. I'll try and get a couple of swims in as well. I follow a very, very strict diet, like predominantly plant-based. Sometimes I have a little bit of fish. Um, try to prioritise sleep. But... I've got my own stuff as well. We've all got our, our own kind of baggage to, 
to work through and our own stuff to work through. Um, and I don't think it's... Yeah, this is, this is, I find that... I don't know why I find that such a difficult question to answer because, uh, yeah, I, 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 a lot of the people that are in my life and a lot of people that surround me are all making their own efforts to improve their well-being but then every single one of us has got uh, got things that challenge us so yeah hard one to answer but a good one that's got me thinking i like that <laughs> right so let's see what's next so so i just got some people here I know it sounds awful, but that's, that's the one thing that I always hate on a walk, is bumping into other people. Because, <laughs> you know, we were talking about switching off a minute ago, being away from people, and I'm getting followed by a dog. <laughs> being away from other people is uh, another great way for me to switch off. Right, so sorry. What? Piss off. I don't like dogs either, I'm a cat person. Um, when you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Tell dogs to bugger off, that's a good start. Uh, think about what helps you calm down and clear your mind. Just having a bit of time out. Uh, if I'm getting frustrated with things, I'll just put it down for a while and come out for a walk or um, you know, maybe listen to some key bits of music or something like that. And you know what, now and again, I like a good blowout. I mean, sometimes, you know, Friday, Friday night down the pub with the lads is, uh, is, a, is a great way to let off steam as well. I think it really, really depends, but it is important to me to find ways to actually, well, to, to actually acknowledge that I'm feeling that way. Yeah? To actually, rather than try and sort of stifle it or hide it, accept the fact that I'm feeling that way and take action to manage that stress there and then rather than bottle it up because when I bottle it up it, it you know it gets ugly and it gets uh, it gets very very destructive and very very damaging so yeah I think I think just acknowledging it and and finding a suitable way to deal with it in the moment is really uh, the way that I combat things when was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new or different? It's been a long time, I'll be honest. It's been a very, very long time. Um, especially during like, all the lockdowns and stuff, there wasn't really that much of a, an opportunity to do a great deal. Um, I... I do, I'm one of those people that kind of does like what I like and I don't like what I don't like and, and, and that's it. And to be, you know, I probably should push myself to do, to do new things sometimes. But if it, if it doesn't kind of pique my interest, there, there, I'll just have no motivation to do it. And that's been the story of my life since day one. Even when I was at school, if it didn't interest me, I wouldn't do the work. I was always capable, but if I thought it was like banal and meaningless, I just wouldn't bother. So, uh, yeah, interesting one. When's the last time you cried? Well, that was easy. Uh, that was when my dad died. That, I mean, it's one of those things that I think only, only if you've lost a parent, you can actually understand how, well, how, how, transform, how life 
changing it is um, and how soul-destroying it is. I have to admit, I'm, I'm generally quite stoic with things like that. Um, I, with those kind of emotions, they, they, they don't really come very often. I'm, I'm, I'm usually quite a, a blank canvas. The only thing that, the only real thing that plagues me is, is frustration. I think the older I get, the, <laughs> the less tolerant of BS and the less uh, tolerant of daft things I am. But the, the kind of real gut-wrenching cries, they just don't happen. Uh, but that was the last time that happened, which was in 2018, November 2018. What's one recent little, little win you're happy with? You know what, I've been, uh, been involved in a really amazing campaign over the last couple of weeks. Um, discussing the importance of getting our vitamin D levels back up. Uh, this time of year so it's been like a press campaign we've been doing doing some shoots and some filming i love doing that kind of work um, and i love talking about the science of nutrition and, and sort of nerding out about that and, and nerding out with other people and um obviously this time of year i mean this is november um this time of year, people's vitamin D levels get incredibly low because the, the, the primary source of vitamin D for humans is the conversion of cholesterol, our own cholesterol, into vitamin D precursors upon exposure to ultraviolet radiation at the right intensity, so, i.e. the sun during the summer months. And in this country, it's only really at the right intensity, say June to August, if that. Um, if, if we have a good summer. So the rest of the year, that kind of leaves us with this huge chunk of the year that we have to be uh, really, really aware of our intake in terms of food sources of vitamin D, and there aren't many. One of the number one food sources, and this is what we've been talking about in this campaign recently, is the humble mushroom, but it's only mushrooms that are grown in the UK and Ireland because those producers have actually got access to the technology that allows mushrooms to naturally produce vitamin D. Now in mushrooms there's a compound called ergosterol. So before I talked about our own cholesterol, cholesterol, in mushrooms it's ergosterol. That ergosterol, once it gets exposed to ultraviolet radiation, will actually transform into vitamin D too. The UK and Irish growers have a system where at the final stages of growth in the mushroom, they will actually flood the mushrooms with uh, UV light. They put them on a sunbed, basically. And that will stimulate the conversion of ergosterol into vitamin D2. So uh, that's quite fascinating. And that's great because it means it's a good food source for everyone. The, the, the traditional food sources of vitamin D were you know, oily fish and offal and stuff like that. But with so many more people going plant-based and things like that, it represents a great source. So that's, that's been really, really good fun. That's actually kind of helped me lift out of the, uh, the quagmire, which was lockdown and all that nonsense. It was good to actually get out there again and start talking about this kind of stuff and uh, raising awareness of these, um, of, of these important things. So what's the biggest life lesson you've learned in the last year? Blimey. Um, That's, a, oh, that's, that's an interesting one. I mean, I, I know what it is. I'm just trying to kind of vocalise it properly. It's... Uh, uh, I think really, uh, I got so secure in 
the way everything was going in my life in terms of uh, my plans and all of that kind of stuff. And it was taking that for granted, which at my age I probably shouldn't, but taking for granted that things are always going to go the way that I expect. And then, you know, because business-wise, in terms of my own business, if my, if my business isn't moving in a certain way, that's my responsibility. You know, and I can, I can change direction, I can try things, I can tweak things, I can do things to move things towards, towards my goals. But then when something like a global pandemic comes along and uh, completely kicks us all in the arse that when we're not expecting it, it's quite a humbling experience. Um, it kind of does make you realise that there's only so much that's in our control. And at first I was really, really resistant. But it's just like, well, why the bloody hell am I being resistant to something that I've got absolutely no power over? And I think that that, that kind of surrender was quite was quite transformational if I'm honest right this one complete the following sentences being healthy is having an awareness of what is influencing you negatively and being able to actually make changes to combat it I'm most me when uh, you know what? When I'm when I'm talking about talking about nutrition and, and teaching it and that kind of stuff, it animates me and it brings me to life. The best thing about my walk today has been getting the fresh air in my lungs and uh, getting out there and having that that uh, time to myself. And also, I can't lie. It's, it was quite amusing seeing the, the slightly perplexed look on people's faces as I was walking along uh, talking to myself, which, <laughs> to be fair, was, uh, was quite amusing as well. I don't think Dale is alone in rediscovering walking during the past year. And if you're like Dale and have kept up with your walking rituals, our sponsor has some great footwear for you to choose from. So before we discuss Dale's answers, let's take a moment to hear from Sketches. Walk to Wellbeing is proudly sponsored by Sketches, the comfort technology company. Put a spring in your step with Sketches' range of comfort-boosting shoes, featuring the very latest walking technology. The new lightweight, high-flex ArchFit range is designed to take great care of your feet, wherever your Walk to Wellbeing may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing ArchFit cushioning insole, which provides complete foot and arch support. And now you can add Sketches apparel to your walking wardrobe for ultimate all-day comfort. Shop the range online at sketches.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S dot co dot UK, where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots, trainers, jackets, tops, leggings, activewear, and more to bring you and your family style and support with every step. I loved hearing about Dale's dream walk today and it sounded like the lakes, the mountains and forests add to the calming atmosphere of what he enjoys. But I can't wait to dig into his answers from today's walk. So this week I'm bringing back Daniela and Cami, as well as welcoming the newest member of our health and wellbeing team, Laura. 
Daniela, what did you think about Dale's walk today? Yeah, I really liked how Dale seemed very kind of aware of his boundaries. And, you know, when it comes to like ring ring fencing that time for himself and, you know, making making those certain priorities quite known to other people. Um, I mean, I think, Holly, you've probably got a master's and being (laughs) pulled in all sorts of different directions and stuff and, you know, wondered kind of like how you thought of his, his approach to the very stringent times where he answers emails and gets back to people on on work things. Well, you guys know that I love a colour code system. Thank you, Cammy, because that was your idea. <laughs> uh, carving up the calendar, um, which I live by daily now. I did actually notice some um, parts around this conversation, Daniela, and about that constantly on time and how that can inflame your productivity in a negative way, um, which I think that kind of resonated with me when I think, Cammy, we've spoken about this before when, you know, you're in the middle of like a, a focused task and then you've constantly got people trying to speak to you or emails coming in and then you're constantly taken out of that task and, um, it's trying to prioritize what's important at that time. And I think that's maybe what he was talking about there of not being always on with his emails. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And certainly uh, one of the things that I support people with most at the moment is in fact in this field of productivity and uh, boundary setting uh, for ourselves, whether it's at work or or whether it's boundary setting at home. So uh, I also really liked how uh, certain he is and how sure he is about what he needs in terms of protecting his energy more than anything else to ensure that he's got the energy for what he wants. And uh, yes, it's always shocking and horrifying to folks when uh, people talk about the fact they only check their emails twice a day, but it is in fact what productivity experts recommend uh, if we really want to be able to work on the stuff that matters. So it's nice to hear someone using it with confidence because in my experience, it's quite rare people actually go there. I thought, I've heard that before with um, people doing that, like setting, you know, set times to check their emails or do certain work at different times or something like that. Um, I have actually, I've tried to implement a sort of a degree of that in the past like maybe I'll only check my emails once every hour or once every 30 minutes or I'll say oh, I'm doing this task now so I won't check emails for an hour or two hours or something so it definitely helps and I think that um, since you know working from home has become much more widespread in the last couple of years I think we've all had to become a bit more protective of our time and a bit more um regimented about it I suppose in the way that Dale is yeah and I think that's what he was saying the payoff for gaining momentum in his career more is demanded of his time um which is why then he's created those appropriate boundaries um to create that um that strict switching off feeling Mm, I sometimes think that with them you know really successful really uh famous people that how do they they must be bombarded all the time with messages emails calls everything like how do they how do they manage that it's called an agent (laughs) (laughs) an assistant yeah no I'm just kidding I think I think that like this is something that we all have to kind of grapple with isn't it you know and especially I think perhaps maybe the higher up that you go and the more like Dale was saying the more successful you are the more time people want from you Mm. and um I think it's so so important to kind of like make that really clear to people that okay, well, you've emailed me at a certain time. 
you'll I'll just answer it the day after so I agree with you Danny and, and I think you know it, it is something that every single one of us would benefit from yeah not just in terms of thinking of our work but also our, our energy for the other things that really matter in our lives as well and I think it cuts across that sort of societal narrative that looking after yourself like that is somehow selfish uh, and that, you know, we, we ought to be everything to everyone and on all the time and available all the time. But actually the reality of that is, if we insist on pursuing that, that we run out of energy. And of course, uh, burnout is just one example of, of what that looks like. And so the irony is to be our best for the people around us, the people that matter, we need to invest into looking after ourselves and have these boundaries. So it is actually really refreshing to hear someone talking with such confidence about the protection of those boundaries and, and why why it's so incredibly important uh, for all of us. Yeah, and I thought another refreshing point actually was that he actually struggled to name who was nailing their well-being in his life. Because normally our guests kind of have someone in their mind, whether it's themselves or someone they know. And I think I really loved that he said that every single one of us has challenges and we're just making our own efforts to improve our lives, but we've all got stuff we're working through too. And I was thinking to myself, well, that's why comparison can be so damaging, right? Because at the start of his conversation, he was talking about getting out at 10 to 7 in the morning going on a three-hour walk and I was like oh bloody hell like, <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> um, and then when he was listed like swimming and um resistance training and other bits and pieces I was like oh god I just go on a walk around the block some days but that's sometimes um, all you have time for though isn't it you know yeah like, I I think when people People are sometimes, when they're asked, oh, what would you like to do more of? I think it is, you know, taking care of themselves a little bit more and having that time to go for a longer walk or, you know, do a bit of resistance training or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, again, it just comes back to boundaries, I suppose, and make, like and how he, he makes walking a priority, which I thought was really cool. You know, um, we've had a few guests with some very impressive step counts recently, and I just think, <laughs> They they know exactly what they want to achieve that day. They know that they've got a, a goal in them in their head and they're gonna achieve that sort of no matter what. I thought that was really nice. Do you know, I thought when he said um he aims for twelve to fifteen K per day, I thought he was talking about thousand steps a day. <laughs> <laughs> I realised when he said it takes three hours, I was like, Oh, he actually means kilometers. <laughs> <It's> really impressive. <laughs> But yeah, I thought, you know, he's doing all this exercise every day, um, following a mostly plant-based diet and prioritising sleep and, you know, respecting his boundaries. But he still felt like, it was reassuring to know that he still felt like, um, you know, it was a challenge for him and he wasn't completely nailing his well-being all the time. You know, it's like he recognised the fact that it's, it's an ongoing process and even his friends that also um, have similar priorities to him they're still, you know, it's still a work in progress. So I found that quite reassuring to know. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Laura. And and I love the fact that he couldn't ask the quest, answer the question because it is a difficult question. Yeah. And ultimately, looking after our well-being will look slightly different for all of us. Uh, and I and I think I had the same reaction as you when he said <laughs> ten to fifteen k a day. I was thinking, oh my goodness, I, there's no way I'm going to be living up to that kind of thing. So yeah, that 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 temptation to compare ourselves, but actually the thing that matters the most is that we are doing what works for us 
whatever that might be. And of course, we're making good use of the time that we do have available, um, even if we haven't quite got three hours. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's hit the nail on the head with balance as well. Like mm. he said that he really enjoys going for his walks and um, you know, resistance training and all that kind of thing. But then, you know, going down the pub and seeing friends is equally, that can also be well-being. And, you know, like we've talked about, you know, who is actually nailing their well-being? And yeah, like you said, Laura, you know, it is a work in progress. And just unfortunately, we seem to be sort of striving for this perfection that we perhaps see on social media and things like that. And that can really kind of like bring those comparison demons to the surface. But mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's really reassuring to know that actually no one's really got it down. We're just sort of winging it as we go. No, and he acknowledged that um, knowing what his triggers were and what's not helpful behavior for him or reactions. Um, and actually maybe sometimes he does just need to blow off steam down the pub with his friends. Um, and like you said, Daniela, that could be a form of well-being for him on that day. Yeah, I guess it's all about balance really because, um, you know, if somebody is that kind of like they never um they they're so strict with their diet with their they stick to a strict exercise routine and everything is really kind of set in stone for them every day um doesn't allow that that room for sort of life to happen really does it and I think you could end up with with quite a sort of well maybe a, a bit of a boring existence really <laughs> you know it's nice to have that those kind of blowouts and drinks down the pub and things like that as well as the balance with the you know exercise and healthy diet and so on yeah absolutely Laura and I think you you know you're totally right it is it's about knowing yourself well enough to know what balance actually is for you personally and I I would particularly uh, liked his acknowledgement of the fact that he needs to anchor into who he actually is and how he actually feels rather than how he should feel about something because that's the only way that you can then manage your needs uh, on a daily or, or weekly basis and that that importance of having that awareness of um, who we really are and what we really need moment to moment I really liked that I thought that's that's just such a nice thing to hear as someone who's got that awareness and knows how to take care of himself uh, as a result of that because he understands and acknowledges what's really happening for him rather than perhaps what he thinks should be happening and I think there's a, a big lesson in there for uh, all of us mm. again because it's so often that we're told we should feel this way or we should be doing this or we should be doing that but it's actually what's really going on that allows us to ask ourselves what do I really need here you know what is balance going to look like for me for who I really am yeah definitely and um I I think when he said about um he doesn't like bumping into people um or dogs on his walk <laughs> um I, I, even though I'm a dog lover myself um you know I, I get that feeling I get that you know when sometimes you go for a walk you just want to blow away the cobwebs and mm. be on your own be undisturbed and enjoy you know a wide open space or something like that and and to have that I suppose it's kind of a privacy in a sense isn't it um and I, I sometimes I you know I can relate to that because I sometimes feel the same mm. although I wouldn't um I wouldn't shout at a dog <laughs> but um <laughs> you know sometimes uh it's nice to go for a walk and bump into people or you know have a chat with a stranger or something like that and that can be a real um boost as well so I can see both sides. Yeah, I loved how you said that, um, Laura, like how it can be a private thing, even though you're sharing the space with so many other people. But, you know, it is just like that time on your own where you can either, yeah, like listen to 
walk to well-being or <laughs> um or a podcast or just like like you say just enjoy the space that you're that you're with and I think that kind of reflects how he feels about control you know he likes to control his downtime and really ring fence those boundaries in really closely and I think one of his biggest life lessons was that actually when you let go of that control it can be quite liberating Mm. and I thought that was really nice yeah leaning into surrender I think is what he said yeah surrendering to that which you can't control I really like that as well because that's something I'm I'm particularly bad for I think is worrying about things that I have absolutely no control over and you can go round and round in circles and it doesn't do you any good or anyone around you any good. So to to have the sort of the strength to to surrender to that, I think is is really impressive. Mm. Yeah, and I like the way you've used the word strength to surrender because I think there's an often a misinterpretation that somehow surrendering to something you can't control is giving up mm. or rolling yeah. over. Uh, but certainly in my experience, that's the furthest thing from the truth. It takes enormous strength to accept that actually on some occasions, there's nothing we can do about the particular situation. So the only sensible way forward is to surrender into it, let go of all of the resistance. And then we find that that the result of that is a little less uncomfortable uh, and quite often opens new doors that we couldn't possibly have imagined if we were hanging on to what was. Uh, but I think it takes enormous courage. You're absolutely right. And strength. Yeah, I'm too uh, too weak to do that most of the time. <laughs> I think I have this thing where it's like you kind of try and hold on tightly and if you can, you know, try and, uh, yeah, I suppose um, control situations um without you know if you I suppose it comes down to letting go really um and that is a lot about your well-being isn't it when you can really relax and and let go let go of your stresses and worries and things um but yeah I do struggle with that (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) big time I literally have to give myself a pep talk on a routine basis of what are you holding on to that you've got no control over? (laughs) Do you think perhaps you might like to let that go? Um, But it's still a pep talk. And I've been working in this field for decades and it's still something that on occasion I have to walk myself through and (laughs) occasionally someone else will have to remind me, usually my husband, is there anything you can do about this? is this possibly not the best space to be using your time and energy? And I'm like, so yeah, I, I still think it's really, really hard. Yeah, I love that because like sometimes you, it can be so all-consuming. Something that's like really bothering you, or something that you're, you know, really, you know, white knuckling onto, and it just sometimes does take that outside influence. You know, whether it's your partner or, um, for me, it's my mum most of the time. Um, <laughs> you know, and it just like to digress and have that kind of, um, just like a little release of someone else is just. Yeah, like, you know, like Dale said, it's really liberating and um, just nice to know that um, a little bit of perspective goes a long way for sure. Yeah, and I think for me, um, my main takeaway from today is when Dale was saying he feels most himself when talking about nutrition and it animates him and brings him to life. And it's actually what I'd noticed when he was talking about it anyway, um, that you could really tell how passionate he was when he started getting into the science of nutrition. He really seemed to light up when he was talking about vitamin D levels and how to get more food sources 
um, in your diet. Um, sorry, Dale, I am not a fan of the humble mushroom. I don't like them at all. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love what he said about um, mushrooms being a, on a sunbed. I know, that's what I put <laughs> down. The, I, I said that as well, Laura. Amazing. I was like, I lo- loved the idea of sunbed, um, mushrooms on a sunbed. <laughs> It might actually change my view of how I like, think about them now. <laughs> yeah, so nice. I loved how he made walking a priority, you know, even if that means getting up a little bit earlier than other people might be awake. But yeah, I loved how he, he seems to have his priorities straight. So for me, he's he seems to be nailing his well-being. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm totally with you on both of those. Um, and I think the, the thing that I took away uh, was the importance of the humble routine uh, and uh, actually how incredibly useful it is to have constructive well-being routines and habits of things that we just do because we know uh, that that routine is what's going to allow us to be at our best. Just thought he was a really nice example of the power of putting those in place and then allowing them to help us look after ourselves. My key takeaway is... um what he said about surrendering to things that you can't control definitely um I know I mentioned it before but I just thought that that's a really powerful thing to to keep in in mind I'm going to take that quote and write it down somewhere write it on a mirror and lipstick or something like that (laughs) remember it every day (laughs) and whether you're getting 10,000 steps or lucky enough to head off on a 10k walk thank you to Dale for reminding us how important balance and boundaries are but I love chatting to you all today. So a huge thanks from me to you, Danny, Laura and Cammie, and of course, to our thoughtful and forthright guest, Dale Pinnock. Most important of all though, thanks so much to you for listening. If this is the first time you've joined us, there are plenty more episodes you can subscribe to and download. But if you've been with us from the beginning, thank you so much for coming with us and our fabulous guests on their walks to wellbeing. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive health and wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to givestoyou.com forward slash APOD2, that's A-P-O-D and the number two, to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door too. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag walk to wellbeing and you can even download exactly the same list of questions you heard our guest chat through earlier in the episode. You could record your very own walk to wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today. <laughs>